pastor said, you know, this is, a, this is going to be a sports thing. I was, like I said, I was over at Louisiana Tech. Uh, we won a national, it's a national championship ring. Uh, we, we were the only undefeated team in the history of Louisiana Tech back then. Uh, many of you know Denny Duran. Denny Duran was our quarterback, and I was... His mother's here, and we thank... Thank you, Mom, for being here. And uh, Denny and I are very, very close and connected. And uh, as you know, your pastor is very close. And uh, Pastor Denny led your pastor to the Lord. Not only that, he led me to the Lord when he was, when we're, just, you know, we're the same age, led me to the Lord when we were playing at Louisiana Tech University, playing college. And uh, so I've been following your pastor here online. And, and I, you know, I re- I've been following him so long where he wore long sleeve shirts when he went to the health club. Now, now he wears short sleeve shirts. I went through that phase there. Now he's wearing muscle shirts now. <laughs> Just keep the shirt on if it goes, but leave it on. Okay. <laughs> so he's getting some muscles now, but, uh, but, um, I want to tell you the, the second greatest story ever told. My, my story is the second greatest story ever told. Jesus is first, mine second. And you know what? Yours is second, too. Everybody else's. After Jesus, your story is the second greatest story that you can tell. Some of you don't think you'd have anything. You're raised in a church all your life. Well, Denny was raised in church all his life. You know, I wasn't raised in church at all. I'm going to tell you the story there where I was raised. But I want to pray because there's some people here that, you know what? I don't know if you've surrendered everything, if you've given everything to him. You know, you can go to church and still didn't make you a Christian. You go to McDonald's and make you a hamburger. So... It doesn't change you just because you go to church. You can be deceived. The Bible even talks about there's going to be a lot of people in the church when a rapture happens that won't make it. And so my job today, I feel like God's told me, my job today is to help you understand it is a total commitment. It's not a partial commitment. Do you realize you're just spending maybe a couple hours out of maybe 130-something plus hours a week, that's all you're giving to God right now for the rest of the week. If that's all you do is just go to church and you don't do anything else. So I want to I make sure my heart is, is that God raised me back up from being dead to do what I love to do, and that is to reach people because I was not saved in church. I'm one of these people that was outside the building. So Lord, I pray for this beautiful, this happening place right here, and I pray for these wonderful people here. I thank you for the Louisiana background that I have and the connection I have with this state. And I pray that, Lord, this altar here will be a place of miracles for people today. I ask it, Lord, humbly, and I thank you for the honor to be able to do this again in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Okay, let me show you a scripture here, and we'll get started. Let me give you a scripture to give you an understanding here. And most of you know the scripture. Go and put that up there. And uh, it says this. This means, in 2 Corinthians, that anyone who believes in Christ, who belongs to Christ, has to become a new person. Now, we hear that all the time. The question is, is I don't know if we become a new person, but you're supposed to become a new person. I know I did. I know your pastor did. And it says the old life is gone. The old life is not lingering. The old life is still not part of your your life. It's still not connected. But what's amazing is, is we still struggle with our past. But see, life won't wait on the wounded. 
Life is going to pass you by if you keep holding some of these things that's happened to you in the past. When God saves you, you got to let it go. You become a brand new person. People don't even know who you are. Your mouth, you begin to speak different. You talk different. You think different. You act different toward people. You're not the same person where people can actually say, what is going on with you? You're not the same old Glenn I used to know. There's something changing your life. There's a setup for you. Well, let me tell you what happened to me. And you're able to share. But some of us are kind of hanging so close to the world, we don't want to be any different in the world. I'm sorry, that's not the deal. You coming out and you become a new person. The old life is over with. And all this is a gift from God who brought us himself back through Christ. God has given us the task of reconciling people. So, so I don't just, I'm, I'm not saved just to go to church. I, I, I'm saved to, all, all I'm doing right now is just getting some food to go out and, and work. Uh, you know what, I'm just here right now. I'm not really, really being the church until I get out of the building. I'm just in class right now. Church begins outside. I'm not the lights of the church. I'm the lights of the world. So I got to get out of the building here. See, I know church is not for people scared of hell. Church is for people that's already been there. You know, we, I've already been there. I've been back. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. And God has, look what he says here at the end. He said, God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. That's what we're to do. And it, watch this now. It says, for God is in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. No longer people's sins, holy countenance people's sins against him. He gave this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. What does an ambassador do? Leaves the United States, goes to another country, and represents the, us. And it speaks about the United States. So basically, we're from heaven. We've been given a heavenly message. And we are representing Christ on earth right now. Now, I've got to ask myself, am I doing the best job I can with that? So God is making his appeal through us. I would not have been saved because of all the churches. I don't care how many churches. I wasn't going to church. I didn't care about your music. I didn't care about it. The world had better music. I was listening to the world. I played in the world, did all that. Nobody in my family had ever been saved. Nobody had ever had a Bible. I'd never seen a Bible. I didn't know who David Goliath was. I didn't know who Samson was. And my plea is to come back to God. Okay. So I grew up in South Louisiana. I was born in New Orleans. I was born in New Orleans. Anybody from New Orleans here? Anybody from New Orleans here? <laughs> yeah, okay. They scream. In New Orleans, you scream. And I was raised in Baton Rouge. My dad got a job at the plants in Baton Rouge. He so went to Baton Rouge. So, I mean, I grew up going to Mardi Gras. Anybody know Mardi Gras? Let me show you some pictures of Mardi Gras. Here's Mardi Gras. And uh, that's basically, since I've been a little boy, uh, we would go to Mardi Gras, which is the biggest drunk, biggest party uh, there is in, in the country here. And so I've seen everything when I was a little boy. I mean, I've seen every kind of sin there was. Nobody in my family went to church. Nobody in my family was saved. Nobody in my family had anything at all. So I grew up basically seeing party is all I saw was people partying all the time. And this is what they would do. So, yeah. And so then, then they kept the thing swamp people. And I started looking for my cousins. I said, I probably got, I know I got some relatives on this thing. And so I'd be looking for people in that area in South Louisiana of some of the people down in that area. So I was raised there. Now, I was a little kid. My dad always watched football as, uh, you know, football's big in Louisiana. So my dad's always watching football. So as a little boy, I'm watching. You see, size-wise, I didn't have the size, but I was very fast. 
I don't know if I was fast, but I was scared. And when you're scared, you can run fast no matter how slow you are. <laughs> they were bigger, they were badder. And so I started playing football for my dad. And so I'm playing football. I'm, I'm doing that. And then also what happened, the, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and all them came over back uh, years and years ago. So I, I got a guitar in the seventh grade. Got an amplifier and a guitar. Started in the band. Started playing. I could play by ear, so I'm playing. I even bought a Jimi Hendrix wig. and playing <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, so I had a fro. A white guy with a fro. I had a psychedelic best like Jimi Hendrix. I played the guitar behind the back of my neck. Denny will tell you that I did that because I did it in church two times, and he got mad at me because <laughs> I, I didn't know you're not supposed to do that in church, play the guitar behind your neck in front of the stage. I'll tell you that later. <laughs> So, so, so I, I'm growing up in South Louisiana, and I'm playing football and playing the guitar and so forth, things like this. And then uh, uh, we, we're going to high school. We go to Broadmoor High School, and I'll tell you where the boom boom came from, because we were the Broadmoor Buccaneers. We were the Buccaneers, and we had actual, I have a picture of the actual ship cannon. If you have a picture of the cannon here to show them this, this was an actual ship cannon that we used to have in the, bat, in, in the end zone when you made a touchdown. There it is right there. No, no, go back. I just said the cannon. There, there you go. So there's a cannon. It was a real cannon. It was a real cannon. And, and, and so uh, the thing is, they outlawed it the year after I left because I think somebody got killed or something. They shot somebody up in the stands because they're shooting stuff out. And it was a real, a real cannon. So I was averaging about two touchdowns a game. So that clears up everything what you want Boom Boom is. So they started calling me Boom Boom Berto. So by the end of the year, I was... Uh, I was uh, all state, all southern, I was an all-American running back, okay? I had scholarship offers from all over, from LSU and all different places, but I was in Baton Rouge, didn't want to go to LSU, didn't want to do that. And so I'm wondering where to go. Now, back in our day here, you could get recruited by 100 different schools. It wasn't like you've got to pick five schools like they do today. You could, they, they, they would be coming in every day and, 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 and get you. And so what happened is, I don't know where to go. And then now you can show this picture of Terry Bradshaw. So here he is, I, I'm sitting there. Uh, at, at my house there, and uh, the cannon now, move the cannon. And, and, and then uh, you, you already showed it once, it's easy to get. Just go to that next little there. So, and then, so Terry, Terry Bradshaw, those of you kind of older there, he was the number one draft choice of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Now, now guys, we, we got a Louisiana guy that's the number one draft choice, was a huge deal for our state, in a sense, put us on a map. Now, in South Louisiana, we never even heard of Louisiana Tech. I never heard of ULM, never heard of any of the northern schools. But uh, all of a sudden, this guy's on the cover. I have, I have the Sports Illustrated. That's, that's Sports Illustrated. I have it sitting on my kitchen table. And I had it for about two hours. And I'm like, Dad, man, God, from Louisiana Tech's number one draft choice of the Steelers. And, uh, man, he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Two hours later, Terry Bradshaw calls me on my phone. Because they use these guys like Joe Burrow of LSU. They, Burrow's going to call a quarterback up and say, hey, you need to go to LSU. Herschel Walker at Georgia or whatever. They get these guys to call the top recruits in high school to get them to come to college. So I get a call, and it's Terry Bradshaw. I said, hello. He says, boom, boom there. I said, who's this? He said, Terry Bradshaw. And I'm looking at a magazine. I said, no, it's not. He said, yeah, it's Terry Bradshaw. He said, I understand you're a good football player. I want to meet you. I said, Dad. It's the guy on the cover of the book. He goes, let me talk to him. I said, he didn't ask for you. So, so I go ahead and I, I said, what, what do you, Terry, what do you, he said, I want to meet you this weekend. Can you get your family and come on up to Louisiana Tech? Well, I didn't know where Rustin was at the time. So we come up and as we came up, 
the, the coach, uh, the recruiting coach is Coach Masita that I had, and the head coach was Maxie Lambright. So we go into the gymnasium at Louisiana Tech, and I'm standing there, and I'm, I'm like about five, I'm 5'9", 160, 165. But I was running probably back then on grass a 4'5", and a 40, so I could outrun everybody because I was scared. And so, <laughs> so I'm standing there. We're standing in a gym. I said, Coach, what, <clears throat> what are we doing in the gym? He said, we're going to meet Terry Bradshaw, and we're also going to also meet the head coach. So all of a sudden, they walk in. Well, Terry's 6'3", 220 feet. He's the same size as the middle linebacker, Jack Lambert, for the Steelers. He's the same size. Nobody was that big. Quarterback back in our day was like five, well, like six foot 190, uh, and you could play in the NFL that size. And uh, so they come walking in. I'm saying, man, if that's the quarterback, I, I can't believe what the rest of the team will look like. And so the head coach walks up, and I'm standing there. I'm one of the top running backs of the state that, that year. And he looks at me, and he, and he looks at the coach, and he goes, he's kind of puny, isn't he? <laughs> that makes you feel really wonderful when they say that. And he goes, yeah, coach, but he can outrun anybody on our team. He said, boy, can you catch the ball? I said, I can catch the ball. He said, Terry, go get a ball. I said, get all the way in the corner of the gymnasium. So I'm, I'm in the corner of the tech gymnasium, the college gymnasium. I'm like, I don't know how far away I am. And Terry, of course, gets the ball. And Terry could throw the ball probably harder than anybody still today. And it made, a, made like a jet sound. Uh, it, it, was, it, it, made a whist, it was whistling through the, through the air. I caught it. It about knocked me down, knocked the laces off my hand. I mean, the, the laces knocked, knocked the skin. And I caught two of them saying, this hurts. I don't want to do this anymore. This, this hurts. <clears throat> so make it short. I ended up signing a uh, four-year scholarship at Louisiana Tech. And I went up to Louisiana Tech. I just wanted to get away from home. Now, I get away from home, and guess who? The first person, the first day who I meet is Denny Duran. Okay, I don't know who Denny Duran is. Uh, he's from North Louisiana. I don't, I, we, don't, we didn't know anybody from North Louisiana. We didn't know anybody. Everybody's coming from all over the state anyway to Louisiana Tech. And so the first day, you go to two-day practices as freshmen. We are, come on up. Denny finds me because he wants to, wants to meet Boom Boom. So he comes to me, true, true story, comes to me, he says, hey, are you Boom Boom? I said, yeah. I said, hey, how you doing? What's your name? He said, I'm Denny Duran. I said, good to meet you. First thing he says to me, are you saved? I said, from what? I, what, what are you talking about? We're saved from what? He said, are you born again? I went to catechism, uh, Catholic church, uh, when, I was, when I was younger. Have you confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart the Lord Jesus to be saved? I said, what's wrong with you? I said, <laughs> I said what are you? Are you a preacher? He goes, yes, I'm a preacher. I said, I'm not. I grew up in Mardi Gras, okay? I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm in Mardi Gras. I party. So don't talk to me. I don't know what you're saying. So he, at that time, he says, God lays me on his heart. So now, all of a sudden, I'm on Denny Duran's heart that I'm going to be the guy he's got to get saved, okay? So, so, so all year, he comes down to my room and starts talking to me about the Lord. I go to his room and tell him a dirty joke, just to irritate him. I end up starting as a freshman. I started four years at Louisiana Tech as a running back. Started four, all four years. And so, Denny, Denny, you want to hear some of these stories of Denny? Okay. 
Denny tried everything he could to, to get me because I ended up starting as a freshman, so I'm kind of, I'm a leader among all the younger players here. And uh, man, when there's a party, you know, Denny would get up and say, hey, we're going to have Bible study guys. Uh, two or three guys would show up, maybe a Thursday night Bible study. Then when he gets through, hey, hey we're going to go to Ed and Mary's there in Monroe uh, on, on, uh, after the game here. Y'all guys want to go get drunk, let's go. So I'm, I'm the other guy. I'm the demon, okay? I'm the, I'm the devil on, on the team. He's the, he's the Christian. And so, so what happened my freshman year, he tried all year long. My freshman year, he knocks on my door. Now I'm fed up. I didn't want to hear any more from Denny. I, Knocked on my door. I said, who is it? He said, Denny. I said, Denny, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't want to hear any more about your stuff and your Christianity. I don't want to hear all that. And he goes, no, I got to talk to you. I said, what do you mean? You going to quit? You quitting? You can't handle it, huh? Okay, come on in. So he comes in. He walks in my dormitory room, Louisiana Tech. He's looking up. So I start looking up. <laughs> and then I say, what are you looking at? He said, the rapture. Now, I never heard the word before. I never, I, so I thought he said the rafters. <laughs> I never heard the word rapture, so I, th- I said the rafter. He just didn't know how to say it. He said, he said the ra-, I said, yeah, there's some rafters up there, Denny. What's the deal? He said, no, the rapture. And I made the mistake of asking him what the rapture was. Because Denny gets in a stance like this, like he's preaching. I'm the only one in my room. It's just a dormitory room. He gets like this and says, oh, that's when Jesus will appear in the clouds and in the twinkling of an eye that the clouds are going to open and all the Christians are going to go up with him. But if you don't know him, you're going to burn, baby. You're going to burn. You're going to burn. <laughs> Do you want to go? And I'm like, wow, he's good. Uh, man, uh, Denny, and this is just what I told him. I said, Denny, I, hey, I w- I'd like to go with you in the clouds, but... I promised my mom to, I would finish school and, and get a degree. After I get a degree, I, I'll go in the clouds with you, okay? I, I said, what a weirdo. So we came back, we came back my sophomore year, and I thought, I didn't know if he went in the clouds during the summer. <laughs> I just wanted to see if he was there. I, uh, so I went in, and I saw he's in his room. I said, hey, you got left behind. Hey. I ran, then I ran back to my room. So this went on all our sophomore year, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm in charge of the sinners. He's in charge of the, the two or three Christians. He's got a Bible study and nobody's going. My things are much bigger than his and so forth. And then we got into the third year, junior year. We won a national championship that year. That would have been uh, the, this last year. Um, we, won the, we won the national championship. And so this was a time where... where this is where the Holy Spirit, let me just tell you what the Holy Spirit does to your friends and your family and things like this. The Holy Spirit is, uh, moves in truth. You have to, so, so you have to plant truth. You've got to speak truth. So what Denny was doing, Denny was not affecting me anything on the outside, but he was speaking truth where the Holy Spirit recalls truth. So what Denny said, I would be laying in bed and I would hear his voice thought he had some kind of ESP or something because he's talking and he's saying about your life could be better. You know, have you confessed with your mouth? You're going to have to do this. And, and I'm like, how is he doing this? And, you know, I'm, I'm irritated. He's keeping me up at night doing this stuff. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm saying. With your family and friends, you're going to have to plant some seeds there for the Holy Spirit to work on and to recall and to help them out and convict them. 
you're saying when you talk to them, that doesn't look like it's bothering them at all. It doesn't do anything at all. I was the same way. I didn't let you see. It didn't, it did not affect me at all. As strong as Denny is and as powerful as he is and the greatest speaker as he is, it did not move me at all. I was just on the other side, just as strong as he was as a sinner, as he was a Christian. Because I didn't know anything else. I didn't know I didn't know a scripture or anything. The only thing I ever heard about Christianity was him telling me, and then the Holy Spirit had something to work on at night to convict me and know what conviction was. So Denny has a Denny has a Bible study. He's got a Bible study going. I've got a thing called Splash Day going down to Galveston. I'm going to Galveston. I got 20 football players, and so we're all going to go down for spring break. So it's the big drinking thing. Go down there and get drunk. I'm the leader of that. I got 20 football players. Here's the week. On Tuesday night, what happens is this. Tuesday night, I'm in bed, never had a dream, never had a vision. Some of you need to hear this now. I never had a dream, never had a vision. I'm laying in bed, I'm sleeping, I'm gone. And then I have this vision. This vision was, is that we're now on Friday driving down to Galveston, Texas to go to our big, big party, big spring break thing. We're driving down, all of us are drinking in the car, what happens is a friend of mine is driving, another football player, loses control of the car. The car begins to flip. I'm in the car. It flips, hits a tree, explodes. Next thing I remember, I'm standing, just as real as you and me sitting right here right now, I'm standing in front of a gate, golden gate. There's Jesus, I assumed it was him, looks like his pictures, and, and, and he's standing like this, and he's looking at me very serious, no smile, no nothing. And I'm like, unbelievable this is this is this is gorgeous i mean i was just kind of blown away with the beauty of everything seeing it and jesus is standing there and says who are you i said i'm boom boom he goes i don't know who you are i said glenn berto he goes i don't i don't know who you are and then i actually said do you know denny duran <laughs> he goes yeah i know him he did he said i know him but i don't know you I said, what do you mean you don't know me? He said, you didn't listen to what I had said. I said, when did you know? All of us would have said, God, when did you talk to me? And when did I not listen to you? He said, I spoke through a guy named Denny Duran. Did he not tell you that my word says? That's me talking. I'm just using his voice. And you didn't listen to him. I said, so are you telling me that, that I didn't make it? And he just said one word, said, depart. And, and it was like a trap door because I, I believe, Pastor, that God's going to give us a glimpse. You're not saved. He's going to show us what we didn't, we didn't, we didn't we're not going to get. You're going to get a picture of that before you go down and get a picture of what you lost and what you had the ability to gain for the, throughout eternity. He's going to show you that because he, he just showed me this. So, so immediately he said, depart is a trap door opens just like that. I'm free falling. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling my body's falling, but it's pitch black. I remember doing this. I could not see my hand move, nothing. It was that kind of darkness. Uh, hell is dark, so the fire is not, is not like a fire you'd see in a fireplace or whatever. It's black. Everything's black. You can't see a thing. All of a sudden, I start feeling the hair in my legs burning. It's a burning. I feel my body starting to burn. I feel my skin starting to melt off of me as my body is falling. And to where I, I feel like I can't take the pain anymore, all of a sudden I woke up in my bed. I'm in my dormitory room. I wake up, and I'm trying to figure out where I'm at here, and all of a sudden I feel wet. I feel wet. I went over to my mirror in the dormitory, and my hair was sweat. I had sweat from the heat. I, my shirt was sopping wet with sweat. I had heat, like heat burns on my face 
like wind had hit my face or my cheeks were, were bright red. And I looked in the mirror and I said, there's a hell and I'm going there for the first time in my life. Because see, we're all taught that hell's just kind of a party place. And if you, you go to funerals, everybody goes to heaven, of course. You know, everybody at every funeral goes to heaven, wherever you go. And it was the first time I realized that hell was a real place and I was going there. Next, next day, they have, uh, um, uh, they have the Bible study. Denny had his Bible study, okay? Comes in and says, uh, you need to come tonight. Here, I go to hell the night before and I still say, no, I don't want to go. I'm not going to any stupid little thing. He goes, you need to come. I said, I want you to come. And then he says this, here's the deal. He goes, if you come one time, I'll never ask you to come back again. How many of you know it only takes one time? If you can just get somebody in the presence of God one time. If you get them in the presence of God, they realize the drugs that they're taking is not really the high because Jesus is the most high. You can't get any higher than him. And you realize there's something a lot better than what you've been doing in the world once you see one time who God really is. So what happened is that was a deal. We made a deal. Come one time. So I'll go one time. As I go, he got all excited and he starts preaching. And it, and it was full. It, it wasn't like four or five people. Now I had 25 people in the room. And they had people that were going down to, to, to the spring break with me in the meeting that he got to come to. So he's now, he's in the dorm room and he's walking around and he's, he's preaching and he's pointing to me every time he makes a point. And, and uh, yeah, I need to get right with God. I've been praying for a lot of you for a long time uh, to get right. And, uh, and he's pointing. All of a sudden he says, bow your heads. So everybody bows their heads. Well, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm a peak. So I'm peeking like this. And he goes, I want you to raise your hand. Do you want to accept Jesus? And all of a sudden, some of my friends start lifting their hands. And I'm, during his altar call, I'm, I'm trying to get them to lower the hands because they can't go, they won't be able to go. Danny won't let them go on Friday. So I'm like, Danny, put your hands down. That's right. That's who, and you got me speaking today. This is the kind of guy I was. All right. And so what happened, I did this. And so I'm under conviction. I didn't know what conviction was. I just knew that I had hawks flying around in here. It was just a crazy feeling that I had. I went to hell the night before. Now I'm sitting there and I'm under conviction from three years. Three years we're living together, Pastor. It's not like you see Denny every once in a while. Three years we're on the same floor. We're practicing the same. So, I, that's how it, so we go three years and all of a sudden I'm the last one sitting down. Everybody walks out. I went and walked. Walked past. I said, okay, Denny. I came on one time. Now leave me alone. Still hard-headed. So I understand hard-headed. So that's why I'll give sometimes three altar calls because I'd be on the third one. <laughs> so those of you, don't be on the third one when I give the call because it's going to make you look obvious. So don't do that. Okay. <laughs> so what happens, I walked in my room, Pastor. I walked in my room, two doors down where his Bible study was, and then he followed me in the room. And because he knew being preacher, you know, he knew conviction, I guess. I didn't know what it was, but it, he, and he's standing at the door smiling. And I'm like, okay, Danny, apparently you want to know why I don't want to be a Christian. Let me tell you why. Number one is this. I don't want to be called the names I've been calling you. So I don't want to be called those names. Number two, I said, my family will not understand what is going on. Nobody's been a Christian in my family. Nobody's, nobody's been saved in my family. Nobody will understand in my family at all. Number three, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. 
if I'm going to go and do this, I'm going to go all the way, but I can't stand people in the middle. Because some of your buddies here that say they're Christians are coming out with me on Friday night. And I said, they're playing both roles. I said, I don't, that's a hypocrite. I'm not going to be that. And then I said, tell me the truth. What you told me about abundant life, is it real or is it not real? Is it true? And don't bull me, Danny. Don't go and make up some kind of story here just because you're a preacher here. Tell me the truth on this. Is my life really going to change? And how could it be better? He didn't hesitate at all, as you know him. He looked right at me because everything I told you, boom, boom, was the truth. Everything I said to you is exactly what's going to happen to you. Your life is going to totally change. And it was like a Paul experience where Paul got knocked off his horse. I had a hand on the back of my neck push me to the ground like this. It pushed me to my knees, and I, this hand on the back of my neck, and so now I'm kneeling on the carpet I took from the cafeteria. And so I'm kneeling down. We didn't have carpet in our dorm, but the cafeteria had carpet. And so, so I kneeled down, and Denny goes, he's going to do it! And I'm like, close the door, Denny. It's embarrassing. Just don't, don't yell. And, and so, uh, so, so Denny goes, he's all excited. I'm kneeling down. He's like, okay, go ahead and pray. Okay, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. No, 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 say another prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. <laughs> Blessed art thou among women. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't memorize any more prayers. That's all I remember. He goes, just ask the Lord to come in your life. April 30th, 1973, Hutchinson Dorm, room 201 at 11.31 at night. <laughs> I just said a simple prayer. Lord, I said, forgive me of my sins. And Jesus, forgive me. And I felt 20, 21 years of whatever that was in my life. It, it was a weight. It says sin is a weight. Lifted off of me. I had tears, and I wasn't crying. never cried. And I wasn't crying, but tears came. And the first thing I said when I looked up at him, I said, this is real. Because, see, I had, I had Jesus up there with the Avengers and everybody, like he's a great, you know, he's uh, with Daniel Boone, Robin Hood, Jesus. He's up there pretty high. You know, he's a great guy. But to change your life from the way that you've lived and the way your family raised you and all of that now can be changed all of a sudden from the way you grew up. And the first thing I said, that it's real. It's real. And from that day... To this day right here, I've never cursed again. I've never drank again. I've never done anything again. And what the scripture said, I became a brand new person. And so, so I got a couple minutes. So Denny, you would hear this part. If I get into this, you're going to die. No, I didn't mean that God, you're going to die. Okay. So what happens, Denny lays hands on me. And I said, what are you doing? He said, you need the Holy Spirit. I said, well, what's the Holy Spirit? He goes, he goes uh, you just need this right now. You need everything. I said, is, is it, he said, it's more of God. I said, I can't handle any more of God. I said, I'm about to bust right now. I said, this, I, this is incredible. I said, I don't, I don't need anything else. Well, so here I am saved. I'm, I'm saved now. So Denny had a group called the Vessels. I, don't laugh. It, it's a dumb name. The Blood Vessels. The, the, the Vessels. And they were like, we're conduits for God, you know. And so he had a little group, and he's traveling around. Well, I played, as you know, I, I had a stack amplifier. I played all this rock music. I could play by ear. I could listen to a song on the radio and play it and do that. 
And I would go set up on the dormitory, put my wig on the eighth floor and play for the swimming pool at Louisiana Tech by myself, play the guitar like this and just play. Just, just cra- Everybody knew I played the guitar because I turned it up to 10 with feedback and everything. So the whole dorm knew I played. So Denny had his group, but he didn't have a guitar player. So he comes in the next day on Thursday and I tell him, I said, well, Friday we got Splash Day. He said, you can't go to Splash Day. You can't go to that spring break. I said, what am I supposed to do? He said, tell them you can't go. Oh, yeah, go tell all my friends. For three years I've been there, and I'm going to tell them. See, some of you are going to have to do this. Some of you are going to have to change some friends here. Some of you are going to have to get rid of some people. You keep holding on to, well, we've been friends for a long time. Yeah, you've been stuck for a long time. You're not where God wants you to be because you've got to change your surroundings and change your company, and you've got to change the things in your life to move on with God. Some of you are stuck, been stuck for years, and nothing, nothing, nothing moves you, nothing pulls on you, and it's time to let God have every part of your life, every aspect of who you are, and say, God, I am a sacrifice to you. Amen? All right, all right. Okay, okay. So, so, so Denny comes in the next day on Thursday, and, and he goes, hey, you want to you be in our band? Want to be, be in our band? Well, first what he did, he, first what he did, he baptized. Well, we batted away. We did that a little bit later. But he said, you want to be in my band? I said, what, what kind of band? Will y'all play, uh, what do y'all play? Cream? Y'all play any uh, Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix? What do y'all play? And I said, no, 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 we play gospel. I said, what's gospel? Never heard a gospel song. See, some, some of us think in the church, everybody knows about Jesus and Christianity. We think that, they, 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 you think they're listening to Christian music and worship? You think that that's what they're doing in the world? You know, in the world, you don't care about anything Christian. I don't care about the church. I'm driving, look, more people are driving by that's going to be sitting in this thing. The times we're sitting in here, we're going to have people driving by. Don't care at all about us being in here. They don't know anything. That's why you are the lights of the world. That's why we've got to get out. People like me would not be saved unless somebody came out to get me. That's why I'm always looking outside. Thank you for this right here, but I know wherever I'm at, I'm going to share God. When I'm in a hospital, I'm sharing God. There's a nurse the other day, has a mask on, put a mask on, and God says, talk to her, share with her. God gives me words for these people, so I give a word to her. I said, I can, can I tell you something? She's a nurse. And I said, she said, yeah. I said, it's going to be personal. She goes, okay. I said, you're, you're a travel nurse. I said, you've been divorced. I said, you've been hurt by that divorce. You don't live at home. You're up here. But you want to go back home. You want to get married again. And I start telling her all about herself. Her eyes get real big. And she goes, are you a medium? I said, no, I'm a large. And so, so she... So I ended up... I said, I got to pray with you. I said, give me a hand. I, when I grabbed her hand, she just convulsed, started crying, and got saved. This is what we're to do, is to get out like this. And so Denny, Denny uh, uh, says, you want to be in our band? He said, what do you play? He said, Christian. I said, what's Christian music? We, we play gospel. What's gospel music? He said, you play by ear. You'll pick it up. I said, okay. He said, we're going to my dad's church in Shreveport, and I'm be preaching Sunday. I want you to come. Now, you've got to understand, I'm just saved. I don't know anything. I don't have a Bible. I don't even know what a Bible says. I don't have a Bible. So I'm pack up my, I got a stack amplifier that, that, I mean, loud. And I got a stack amplifier. And so I'm rolling this thing in. And it had ladies in the church holding their ears, and I hadn't even plugged it in yet. It, it was just so big. And she goes, it's loud. I said, I hadn't plugged it in, lady. It's got, I'm just coming up. So, so now I don't know the song service. I know nothing. Then he says, you can play by ear. You'll pick it up real quick. You can play it. 
So the first time I'm in a Pentecostal church, uh, yeah, <laughs> if I had time, wait, wait, if I could give you this whole story, you're going to die laughing of, of what it looked like to me. Never been in church, in a Pentecostal church, and then he starts doing his songs. Oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus, with his power, power, power in the blood. And I'm saying, am I in a vampire cult? I, I, this is the bloodiest song service I've ever heard in my life. Why are we singing about blood? We need to do some cooling the gang, and there's a party going on around here. We need to celebrate, have a good, you know. I didn't understand. I'm like, what, are we, what is he singing this blood stuff here? How is that going to motivate? I didn't know what the blood was. I had no idea. So all of a sudden, Denny's up there. You know, we're standing back like this, and Denny's up there. And he calls people down to receive the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm just messing around with my amplifier. I don't know what to do. I'm just standing on the stage, never been this before. And we had a little guy, LSD Frank. He was on LSD, and he got saved. So we call him LSD Frank. And so LSD Frank... He calls, he said, Frank, come here. You pray for these people. And he looks at me and goes, boom, boom. You pray for these people. So I'm like, I took my guitar off and I'm walking. Denny's at the pulpit. I'm like, pray for him to get what, Denny? What am I doing? He says, pray for him to get the Holy Spirit. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is. He said, just go over there and lay your hand on the head and say, Lord, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Go. Uh, and, and, and the people kneeling at the altar. And there's about a 26-year-old guy there, and he's kneeling, he's shaking. And I look at Danny, I said, Danny, this guy needs to go to the hospital. <laughs> this, this, he's got a nerve problem. He's too young to have a nerve problem. He's got a nerve problem. And Danny starts laughing because he realizes I, I've never been in church. And so he's laughing. He said, go and pray. Okay. Hey, uh, hey, man, look. Hey, buddy. I'm going to lay my hand on your head. Don't get mad. He told, he told me to do this. And so I'm putting my hand on your head, and uh, you, you want the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I, I said, well, it looks like you want it real bad, too. So I'm going to lay my hand on your head, and I don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> Lord, I said, baptize the Holy Spirit. Bam. Right, right, right. And he starts speaking in tongues. I jump back. I said, boy, I messed this guy up. He can't, he'll never keep a job. I can't understand what he's saying. Did he look what happened to this guy? Not only is he shaking, he can't talk English anymore. <laughs> then he goes, go pray for that other lady over there. And so I'm, you, you ever heard somebody speak in tongues the first time and you're like, I'm, you're trying to pick up a word or something like any English and it's just nothing. It's like, what did I do to this person here? And so I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm like, hey lady, what do you want? She goes, I want the Holy Spirit. You want the same thing he got? Okay, I'm going to touch you, and I guess you're going to get it. <laughs> Lord, baptize. She starts speaking in tongues. I said, I got, a, I got a power to make people talk funny in my hand. I got to put this in a cage. This is going to hurt somebody. So I'm back here listening to him speaking in tongues. And, and I'm listening to Denny, and he's talking about it's a gift from God. It's a gift from God, and it's in power, and, and a gift from God. But I mean, it helps you to live the life for Christ and some things like that. And I'm like... So I was like, well, if I'm going to be a big evangelist in the vessels, I probably need that too. And uh, I'm, I'm going to get it. So then he's, then he's speaking. So I go over to him, don't know protocol. I grabbed his hand and stuck it on my head. So I said, well, if I can do it. He surely knows how to do it, you know. So I started to say, what are you doing? I said, do me. 
Do me next. Do me. So, so he, he prays for me, and I started speaking in tongues. Then I ran over and said, I can do it too. That's not the funny part. How much time do I have? Do I have a couple minutes? What do you think? Tell me, John. Uh, okay, that's not the, this is the funny part. That's not the funny part. We go to Tyler, Texas two weeks later. Tyler, Texas, big church there, and we do five days. We, we were like, we, let me show you, let me, you want to show you, Denny and I, the vessels. Let me show you the vessels. Show them the picture of the vessels here. We'll show you the vessels. Here, here's the, we were the NSYNC Backstreet Boys of the day back in Pentecostal church. Okay, that's me to the left. That's Denny behind me there. Show the, that's me in the middle, Denny to the side of me. That's Denny behind, yeah, dude, look at Denny's hair. That's, that's when he had hair. Look at that. There were some other pictures you had on there too. Okay, so we, we, were, the, we were the, there you go. There's the vessels. Shoot. We, we were famous. So we go to Tyler, Texas. Two weeks after I'm saved, I finally get a Bible. It was one of those red letter edition Bibles back in the day. You remember those? It's where Jesus could only talk in the color red. And so I didn't know it was, a, I didn't know it was Jesus' words. I thought it was a highlight Bible. They didn't tell me what it was, so I wasn't reading anything in the black. I'm just reading the red. I thought, okay, this is a beginner's Bible, so you read the red stuff. So that's what I did. We're in the church. We go five-day revival. Nothing has happened. Nothing. Nothing. We're singing all these songs. People are just sitting there staring at you. Used to be a revival church, dead as could be, and, and just nothing's happening. All of a sudden, the last night, Denny wants to do that song by Andre Crouch called I've Got It. And that's kind of like a, that was a real boogie song back in the day to play something like that. And Denny would get a tambourine. He could play a tambourine and then he starts rapping. He's rapping. We, this is before rap. On the day a Pentecost has come in the upper room in one accord to gather together 120 received of power. And he starts doing it like this. Well, we're playing. All of a sudden, Denny told me I had to quit dancing. I had to quit doing all this stuff. Well, Denny starts running across the stage like this. And he's doing this little jig here. Well, LSD Frank then comes up to the foot of the stage and he starts doing this, like this, with his eyes closed like a duck in a shooting gallery, going back and forth. And, and I'm trying to figure out. And then a couple of old timers kind of got out of the pew and kind of walked out and was, was kind of trying to dance a little bit. And I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? Now, I couldn't ask Denny because Denny's running around. So, so the only thing I, I could think of is that it must be show-off time. Everybody's showing off something they think they can do real good. This serious. I'm not playing. This is exactly what happened. So I'm thinking, what can I do to win? So I go back to my amplifier. I turned it up to 10. I put it on the back of my neck. Danny will tell you I did this. Put it on the back of my neck. I walked to the front of the stage, and I started playing as loud. I, I, I was shattering the stained glass windows. I hit that thing like this, and Denny's like, what are you doing? I'm showing off. He goes, put the guitar down. You can't do that. Put it there. Go over there. Put it down. So I'm over here, and I'm in the church. I'm sulking now. Now I'm upset because I thought I, I thought I did better than him, and he's mad because I showed him up. I thought that's what happened. So and then he says, he calls people down for healing. Never heard anything here. So he calls LSD Frank to go pray for you. Boom, boom, go pray for these people. I'm like, Denny, what do I pray for him to do what? What do I do? He said, just ask him what's wrong with him. Like they have a migraine headache, say, 
Lord heal the migraine head in Jesus' name, touch them on the head. Okay. Uh, okay, so I, do I touch them? So I'm thinking the order. I got to do the order right. And as I walk up, all of a sudden I'm in a shadow. I, wouldn't, I hadn't looked up yet. And I looked up, and as I looked up, it was a lady that was the biggest lady I've ever seen that was standing there in a parachute. And it was a glass mom. Glass mom was there. And she was shaking like this. I was, wow. I need, she, she, we need her on, on the line. I need her to block for me. <laughs> and she's shaking. I said, man, what's wrong? You have something wrong with you? I got migraine headaches. I said, okay, Denny said that. I got cataracts in my eyes. I got a tooth that's probably in my neck. Beginning me probably got pleurisy in my lung. I got a heart issue, lung issue. My back went out there. They got bear goes back. She names about 20 things. And I'm like, Lord, you got you to gotta go see Mr. Goodwrench or something. I <laughs> I don't know. You got too many things wrong with you, lady. Now, this is the first time I didn't know, I didn't know anything. It's the first time. So I said, uh, well, okay, I'm just going to pray for you. God, you remember all that? I can't. Uh, Lord, touch this lady in Jesus' name. Oh, I'm going to touch her. There you go. Boom. She, she fell. You say, well, didn't they have catchers? She'd have killed the catcher. Okay. <laughs> she fell. Listen. She hit the ground. She went, boom. When she hit, everybody went up in a chair just like that. She hit that hard. I'm trying to get across to you. She hit that hard. The problem was is nobody was alarmed. She's laying in the aisle there. I'm like, I spent two weeks as a Christian. I'm going to jail. I kill a big lady in church. And the reason I'm going to be, because Diddy told me to put my fingerprints on her head. She's laying there. Nobody's doing a thing. So I kneel down and start slapping her face. I don't know what to do. I'm slapping her face. Come on, lady. She's like, ah. she's gone. I stand up and a deacon grabs me and says, leave her alone. She's lost in the spirit. Yeah, she's lost. She's gone. So I get up. I said, I'm not praying for anybody else because I'm not killing anybody else. So I walked up, and little Frank is over here laying on the steps, and he's drunk. Praise the Lord. I said, you've been drinking in church, Frank? What's I'm telling Denny. So I walk up on the platform to tell Denny, and all of a sudden, people started laughing out loud. I'm hearing everything of Pentecost in one service, two weeks after I'm saved. And they start laughing. I said, oh, they're telling jokes in the middle of service. They joke. They, they just break it out and laugh. Then he goes, let's play I've Got It Again. That, that's the song that broke it out. I said, no, no, look what happened. No, let's, let's play it. So we start playing I've Got It. All of a sudden, the whole church, this dead church, gets up and starts dancing around the church. The whole church, all the older people, the young people. And I'm back here playing the guitar. And I said, Denny, what are they doing? He said, it's a Jericho march. What's the Jericho march? Because it's in the Old Testament. I'm only reading the red. <laughs> he said, that's when they marched around the walls of Jericho seven times and the walls came falling down. Well, how many laps have they made? <laughs> I took my guitar off. I put it down. And I started walking out to the exit. He said, Boom Boom, where are you going? I said, I believe they can do it. <laughs> I said,
said, do what? I said, I don't know why they're praying for the church to fall down. But since it's my first church falling down service, I'd rather be outside in a vessel van where I don't get hurt. So God was able to take a dead place, move his spirit in it, and you're wondering why I'm the way I am is because I was born in revival. I was born with God doing something in church where people didn't just sit back, but were warriors for Christ. Yes!